Okay, um, it should be live now. I'm just gonna wait till I see it. Hey everybody, this is PD from the Spinner Rack, and today I am doing a Venom Let There Be Carnage review. If you are having superhero fatigue like me, and I, I would say I would I would say something against it, but I totally believe, starting to believe that superhero fatigue is true. The fact that the big Thanos, you know, trying to have some big Thanos or dark side, some big sort of thing, and not being able to do some sort of Martin Scorsese version, and I mean that pun intended or whatever irony intended. I mean it. I mean I was meaning to use that. But I'm going to do a review on the Venom, Let There Be Carnage. And um, remember, there's the, there's the um, cool title. We all know Venom from Todd McFarlane's run on Spider-Man, his first run. He um, basically with, um, what was it, with David Michelini. David Michelini had a character that could, one of the creative character that would could sidestep Spider-Man's Spider-Sense, which I'm all for. I am totally against the Spider-Sense. I am a, I am a very crabby Spider-Man fan. And I say that from being a kid who used to be as, um, who is it? Um, not, no, was it, um, what's it, um, his name is, um, is it? Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart said his um, kid webbed up his fault, web, web, used to web him up. I was that kid that would act asleep when my father would say goodbye when he was, you know, saying goodbye and leaving. I would web him up. <laughs> he wouldn't get caught in the web, of course. That's not, obviously not my father. But I was someone who bought the chemistry sets. My name was, my, obviously it's PD. My name is Pete. My middle name is Peter. So, um, there was a lot of things that connected. Spider-Man had this um, camera that didn't have a long lens. It was sort of a flat camera. And then to date myself, there was a Kodak disc um, thing that was similar to that. So if, you, if there's any pictures I took as a kid was taken with the Kodak disc to be similar to how Peter Parker was. So everything besides jumping out of windows and trying to spin webs. I was able to do. I was doing everything on the Peter Parker side. Ultimately, I didn't become a scientist. I have done some things with photography, of course, but not in any sort of big professional. Well, you know, this isn't paying, so in not a necessarily professional way. So, um, with that said, I was a big Spider-Man fan. But at the same time, Spider-Man's powers, and in the '80s, he became the Spider Sense made it so that basically it was like a spider karate where he couldn't be hit. He couldn't be touched. And whereas I always felt the way it was initially that Spider-Sense was purely defensive. Villains like the Scorpion who was stronger or um, the Lizard or even uh, Hub no, the Green Goblin that was the same strength as him could hit him, right? He could be hit. That was sort of thrown out to say if he had the Spider-Sense, he could dodge anything. And it could be an offensive thing. And that's what really threw me off. So at this point, going back to David Michelini, David Michelini created a character that was going to be a female, but at the same time, as he moved forward um, in Todd McFarlane, they had this character called Eddie Brock, who was 
disgraced by Peter Parker and he became Venom, right? So that gives you a you know, little bit of history again, if you haven't heard it three million times, right? So we had a Venom 1, Venom 1 to give you some more history on that. I, you know, went with where the, where the crowd was going, where everyone was, you know, downing it because it was Sony. But, uh, you know, at the same time, the movie did as well as Spider-Man Homecoming, just a little bit under more. It didn't do as well domestically, but it, it beat the pants off of it um internationally so at the same time it's just a little bit under they both made over 800 million right so that one i didn't see in the theater i was like oh man maybe so I was, when i got I was on a plane i watched the first one and i was fell out laughing i was fell out laughing i was couldn't i could i, I was just it, I, it just was hilarious venom 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 sort of um that conscience of having a character eddie brock who had this evil conscience and that sort of thing was just a, it's a really fun movie, right? So as we move along, we get to Venom. You know, we knew if you're going to have Venom, you're going to have Carnage. But we we never get, since Spider-Man is now loaned out to um, Marvel, we're like, oh, we're not going to get that Peter Parker meeting, right? So we get Carnage this time. And Carnage, is when I first met Carnage, I thought it was Venom with a different costume. I was like, oh, Venom has a new costume. He's like, oh no, this is a different villain. This is Carnage. And I was like, I don't know about that, but that was wrong. It was a huge hit. People loved it. Then it spawned a whole bunch of other, um, um, I said spawn, <laughs> other spawned a, a whole bunch of other sort of characters. So with that said, let's get to this movie. And ultimately the first, it's movie is sort of like, uh, what is it? What am I calling it? It has some elements of Superman 2, mixed with Capote. So they said, what if Capote and, you know, Capote, and, you know, how, how did they do the pitches? Like Capote, if you remember Capote, where it's a guy who kind of follows a um, serial killer and watches his, you know, his death and is trying to get some information out of him. And of course, Superman 2, Superman gives up his powers. So that's the basic plot, right? That is the plot. Now, the problem is early on, they give you all this backstory trying to give you Eddie Brock's connection to this um, this girl whose name is her name is, is, is um embarrassing but she's going she's gonna be this character Shriek who has this this um audio this um screen this screen but as you remember Venom is um that's one of his weaknesses sound and high high pitch sound so we know this is possibly gonna play out. Now in the comic books, I wasn't sure how this played out because it didn't make any sense having the character named Treek, who has, I think, had sort of Venom-like powers, but could have the sound ability. But let's move on. I could be wrong. Somebody correct me and let me know what Shriek is because I don't remember what Shriek was. So basically there's this romance and whatnot between um, Shriek and um, Eddie Brock and this is tough history of being in this home and all that stuff. I don't need to see. I didn't need to see any of that. The first 15 minutes is just like, blah. <laughs> so I'm like, as I'm talking about, this is talking about superhero fatigue. We have these TV shows, this animation by Marvel. We have all this stuff going on and it's not giving me what I want out of the superheroes. The early Marvel stuff of having these um, sort of people with the feet of clay, like um, Tony Stark, having Thor, not be worthy 
and then of course gain the worthiness back. This sort of thing is stuff that I like because that was something that was really connected to the comic books. And then um, we had the reverse with um, Captain America. You had the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, and then they make him a hero. And even though that was a sort of a two act story, didn't really have a big third act. It was still just okay. It's more of an intro to the Avengers type thing, right? So getting to this was the big Ragnarok stuff and the humor and you know Marvel team up or Marvel two in one movies and the TV show and where they have. The heroes, they don't even have real villains anymore. The heroes are villains. It's kind of getting, you know, you know, on my nerves and talking about Endgame. So at the same time, I was like, I'm going to get to a point, even though I do a show about watching these um, move, the superhero movies, that I would maybe pass. I would do like I had done in many comic books, like Spider-Man. I would move on, right? So I'm watching this. When it gets to the... Um, scene where he meets his his ex-wife, that's when the movie starts again. Venom talking in his ear. <laughs> What's the name of his ex-wife? Was it Michelle Williams? She's kind of um she's kind of saying, is Venom there? And he's like, no, no, Venom's not there. And then she said, Are you lying to me? And then Venom's saying his, you know, sort of nonsense at the same time. Eddie Brock, even though he has this weird sort of accent, I've kind of grown to be okay with it even though it's kind of what people do with the superhero, have this nerdy sort of thing. He's not exuding the nerd. He has this voice, but it's not his action. So I'm, you know, it's like having the Urkel voice, but doing the opposite, like being a normal sort of person, right? So moving past that. So from one, after the first 15 minutes, we meet some, you know, the, you know, he meets his ex-wife again, and she says she's moving on, she's getting married, and he has a reaction to that. It's just a fun movie from there. They do the Superman 2 stuff where the characters are at odds with each other. And um, it also connects with something with um, Cletus. Cletus, who's going to become Carnage, who's in jail. This is the Capote aspect where, he, where Eddie Brock is going to meet um, Cletus, who's a serial killer who has this history that he was tortured, right? But they give you the history. And they don't when they show you the history in cartoon form, which is very visually strong, I really like that too. They have this animation of Cletus's history and all the terrible things he did without precursoring that he was beat up. He does these terrible things, then his father beats him up. Cletus sees it differently. Cletus sees it as he was treated badly, treated badly by all those people, and that's why he killed them. Um, they give, gave you a little of both, like having your Kate, your Kate needed to. I'm not with that, but I did like in the animation, they just showed you that he did all these bad things leading to his father beating the hell out of him and then sending him to, you know, send him to his home where he got treated bad and then we get all that other stuff, right? So I know I'm all over the place, but let's just keep going, right? So Eddie Brock, the other plot in this is that Eddie Brock sort of succeeds by telling this guy's history, but Venom is the one who figures out the whole thing using his powers and abilities. He sort of scopes it out, figures out all of the murders, where the bodies are, through all these drawings that Cletus has done in his cell. And then Eddie becomes famous and he's back in the news again as one of the best reporters ever, right? This, of course, gets on Cletus's nerves. This is getting on Cletus's nerves as wants to see Eddie again. Eddie's like, I don't want to see him. Venom is like, hey, I did the work. You did nothing. And then, and which is true. But at the same time, Eddie's like, no, I want to, you know, I want a, a regular life. You know, I, I don't want to have to go through this and talk you out of eating people. 
So they had this push and pull. And then of course that leads to meeting Cletus, the, obviously the, the scene, the key scene, which will get, get us to carnage <clears throat> in prison. Um, Cletus provokes Eddie just so he can, Eddie, uh, Cletus to get this, to I guess the show, you know, to, to bite, to bite Eddie, which of course we know what's gonna happen. He's gonna become carnage because of this, but he said, hey, you taste different. He sees this weird thing on his finger. And the next thing you know, they try to execute him and he becomes Carnage. Now, as Carnage, he's very interested in killing the COs and the police. He somehow is skipping the inmates. I wish he kind of showed him like just killing everybody because it's Carnage. It's not sort of selective Carnage. But, you know, that's for the fans. So it's kind of giving you other thing that as I go through this, kind of weird sort of um, value system of you have these guys that have done terrible things and then they get treated badly in prison and then everybody has to pay for <laughs> for their bad treatment in, in prison in, the, in these homes. So it's kind of a, rent, a revenge story for serial killers, which I'm I kind of, I'm not sure about that. But let's stick with Eddie Brock, right? So Eddie Brock, they go back home and they're at odds and they have this great scene where Eddie is fighting um, Venom this is not much of a fight, and Venom destroys all of this stuff. And then, of course, Venom, they decide to split. So Eddie moves about his life, and then um, Venom goes and he becomes Venom, but he has to, he's using people's bodies that are not, he's not connecting with. He's going to this thing, being accepted, everyone thinking that he looks cool. He has a moment where he's at this Halloween party, and everyone accepts him, but he, the which is cool that he cannot connect with this or keep these these um, humans. They kind of die on him, right? Or they get used up. So he goes and he goes to the um, store owner, and she realizes it's Venom. And then you see this tender moment. And then of course Eddie has because of carnage, and they know there's monsters out there. They need Venom. Of course, um, his wife said, we got to get Venom. Right? This, they tell you all the stuff is happening. I think, um, no, Eddie's taking, because Eddie was around while things were going on with Carnage. Um, <clears throat> they bring in um, Eddie for questioning. And then, of course, um, while he's stuck there, um, Eddie says to his wife to find Venom. So she goes to the, you know, goes to the, it was a Korean grocer and of course she's being nasty to him, but they realize it's Venom and the eyes pop up on the Korean woman. And um, basically Venom goes back with the, with Michelle Williams. So we get another moment where Michelle connects with Venom and then um, <laughs> they have an apology se session. Then Venom goes out to fight the good fight. And it's all in this church that's going on, but it's supposed to be a marriage between Shriek. And I don't want to get too far into, of course, she is capped. She thinks Eddie's dead. Eddie's now carnage. She thinks carnage is cool. They escape. They're driving this car, destroying things, all this carnage. There's a cool scene where they're driving. They have the helicopter, and the street does the ah scream, and then that hurts carnage, which is what you set up so we can get out of this story, right? So then, of course, Eddie Brock goes. They connect. Lisa is big climax, and it's as big as anything. But the cool part of it is that Venom sees Carnage and says, uh-oh, a red one? 
let's out, we're out of here. And he has another great moment. He said, now you die. And he said, oh, yeah, we're going to kill it. He's like, no, no, we die. We die not right now. Like, we can't win this. And, of course, Carnage. And that's one of the things that is lost in the Spider-Man stories. Having Spider-Man fight something that's stronger than him that he can't beat. That he can't just think about Aunt May and pounding. So, you know, um, it has to be a group effort to kind of take out, even though Shriek is, you know, like Ben, the Carnage Trolls shows his true colors and terror is like tossing around uh, Shriek, hurting her. Well, Shriek gets her, his, her revenge on this cop or this detective. And then as it goes along, just a big, you know, like superhero mayhem, right? You can't, you can't get past it. So it gets to the end, and then it has a scene where um, Eddie finally lets Ven you know Venom go to the beach, and they just like, I think, and it's the wackiest ending ever. Like, oh, your hair, he doesn't even have hair, but he gets to the beach, he's so happy. They're making some sort of connection, and finally, and then we have the after credits scene. So I'm sitting there, and they're watching, um, TV in the hotel's like this is not how you end a superhero movie. Like I've got my <laughs> like what is going on here? They're watching it and then they having this talk about the Venom has all this information that if he gives it to Eddie, it's gonna mess his head up. I say, oh that's what's gonna lead to it's gonna be something weird that happens, causing Eddie to go crazy, and then we get another um vengeful venom, right? Because go through this one talking about lethal protector. But then the whole room shakes. The whole room shakes. So here's a big spoiler, the big, huge spoiler. When it, the room, and no one knows, they don't know what happened. Next thing you know, they look at the, they, because they're looking at the TV screen and you see, you see J. Jonah Jameson and they start talking about Peter Parker. So, and then regretfully, the curmudgeon, the crabby Spider-Man fan, the, um, any of all of that, went out the door to finally get a, a, not even a scene with them together. The idea that um, Marvel is going to do Sony's Sinister Six movie in their Spider-Man No Way From Home with Venom. So all this has been leading up. Everyone who complained about Sony ridiculously doing a, um, a, a Sinister Six movie Marvel's doing it, <laughs> and they got Venom, and they're connecting the Sony-verse and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's finally happening. We thought it wasn't going to happen. We thought we were going to be able to kick um, Sony in the knees for bad films and whatnot, even though they made the first two Spider-Man films that people love. They made the second two Spider-Man films, which I like. And um, the, have the Marvel movies that are so not Peter Parker. I don't know what it is. Not even Spider-Man. But it has a web slinger who's a fun character that people like. So can't argue with success. But all I cared is they said Peter Parker, Spider-Man, and we see Venom. And he licks the screen and said, that's it. That's it. So for a little while until I get into Spider-Man, because I'm very crabby, when I get to that movie... It's all going to ooze out of me, just like watching the Revenge of the Sith and say, they got me for another movie. They got me for another movie. Arr. So 
that's the plot. I sure don't want to write spoilers on this, so if you come in late, you can decide to see it or not. But it's a, you know, it's a fun sort of movie, right? So um, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think that's about it. Um, check it out. Check out the end scene, and I'll let you know there. Well, I didn't say long enough, but I don't think there's another end scene credits. Spinarak out.